Now, it's time for the NSCAA College Soccer Podcast with Dean Linke. The National Soccer Coaches Association of America is the go-to resource for soccer coaches of any level. From advocacy, education, and networking, the NSCAA has something for everyone. Join the world's largest soccer coaches organization today. Now, here's our veteran soccer broadcaster, Dean Linke. Hello and welcome to all of the NSCAA coaches listening to this week's NSCAA College Soccer Podcast. I am Dean Linky here with episode three, and today we get to salute a major accomplishment from one of our NSCAA lifers, the great John Daly. Head coach of the William & Mary women's soccer team won his 400th game last week for the Tribe, and he joins us right off the top. And you know Jill Ellis, the head coach of the U.S. Women's National Team, your reigning World Cup champion U.S. Women's National Team. She starred at William & Mary, and she also wanted to congratulate Coach Daly. So she stops by real quick for a J.D. shout-out and a salute to what the college game has done for her national team. Certainly that is pretty cool. Damon Renzi, now in his eighth year as the top man for the Michigan State men's team, has led the Spartans to two elite eights. He's been a Spartan for more than half his life as a player and a coach, and he breaks down the complete D1 college scene. Also, Rob Kehoe, the NSCAA Director of College Soccer Programs, talks about the latest plans for championships, not just for D1 men in Houston, but at every level. And as you know, every week we do just that. We dedicate well-deserved time to all levels of soccer in this country, and that's no different today, as we are joined by Jordan Carver, the 2013 NSCAA Junior College Men's Coach of the Year when he led Iowa Western Community College to the NJCAA title just a couple years ago. He has his Reavers at number two in the latest poll And he joins us as well. And Chad Waller from the NAIA drops in for updates on the NAIA scene, including news about their championships. But we get things started with a 400-victory salute to William & Mary's John Daly and a drop-in from U.S. Women's National Team head coach Joe Ellis. And we do that right after this message. The NSCAA is 75 years strong and continues to provide quality service and benefits to soccer coaches. Whether you're a youth, high school, college, or professional coach, the NSCAA works to be a voice for you. Speaking of voice, once again, here's Dean Linky. John Daly is in his 30th season as the William & Mary Tribe women's soccer coach. He's got another strong team this year. In fact, his team has not allowed a goal over the last 227 minutes of play. And he won his 400th career game as the Tribe knocked off UNC Greensboro on Sunday. Daly becomes just the sixth NCAA Division I head coach to win 400 career matches and the 13th NCAA coach to reach that milestone. Of course, it's only fitting with his 400th victory. William and Mary joins Connecticut to have both a men's and women's soccer coach reach 400 career wins. Former men's soccer coach and longtime NSCAA legend Al Albert won 401 matches during his 33-year career. And John Daly joins me now. John, thanks for being with us. Thanks very much for inviting me, Dean. Well, okay, so it took Al Albert 33 years to get to that number. It only took you 30. Is that going to be discussed at the local pub at all? It will, because I'm much quicker than Al. He takes <laughs> those really long strides, and I've got these short, little, fat, hairy legs, and I get there much quicker. <laughs> Showing that sense of humor that we love. But 30 years, John, and you know, I did a game there a couple years ago for the NSCA College Game of the Week, and you're not going anywhere, are you? You're going to keep going. 
Oh, I figure another 20 years and uh, try and hit the 500 mark <laughs> and then uh, see where we go from there. I mean, on a serious note, you absolutely love what you do and you love your university, right? I do. It's a great way to make a living. I still can't believe that William & Mary actually pays me for what I do. Uh, I hope my AD isn't listening just in case he figures out that he can get me for nothing. <laughs> but no, I love the school. Uh, I love the people that I've been able to interact with down the years. And um, I'm a, a happy little camper. Well, and you've got a team that certainly will make you happy this year. Tell us about your team, Coach. Well, we graduated some some big players at the end of last year. Uh, Caroline Casey, obviously our goalkeeper, who is now doing great things with Sky Blue FC and the NWSL. We graduated Sam Cordham and Nicole Baxter and Katie Johnston. So I was a little apprehensive. We've um, we had a couple of hiccups during the the last couple of weeks, but we're we're playing quite well right now. And um, I hope that we can continue to improve. I think we, we've we improved since game one, and I hope we continue to do so. You play on the field, aptly named, of course, Albert Daly Field. That was a couple years ago when you did the renovation to the stadium. What did that mean to you, Coach? It, it's very humbling, Dean. I think uh, any anywhere to have a, a building or a plot of land named after you even if I have to share it with Al Albert, I still, uh, I'm still i uh, still very humbled by it. And Al and I often chuckle about it, that we're kind of joined together now for posterity. And um, we both have enough regard for each other that, that we're pleased that that is so. Both of you are obviously very involved with the NSCAA as well. I mean, you guys trumpet that NSCAA horn as good as anybody. Why is that? Why is that organization so important to you, John Daly? It's the premier coaching organization in the world. I've been a member now since 1983, I think it is, when I was just a young buck. And um, down the years, I've fulfilled a few roles and interacted with some wonderful people in the organization. And I'm just very proud to be a part of it and will, will always want to do whatever I can to forward the association in whatever it whatever its challenges may be john when when was it that you decided coaching women's soccer was where you wanted to go and why i was helping john charles who was the head coach at william and mary before i took over and um, we had some players there we had no scholarships all the players were playing for for the love of the game and their enthusiasm, their willingness to listen, to learn, and to their, their absolute and other commitment to the game were, were so inspiring to me. And then when the chance came along that John decided that he wanted to concentrate on coach, on teaching rather than coaching, uh, Millie West, my favorite AD of all time, she asked me if I would like to take over. And uh, I was I I couldn't take the opportunity quickly enough, but I realised back then that uh, there was a great future in the women's game, and uh, I enjoyed coaching them. I enjoyed coaching the lads as well with Al, um, but found that with the the women that I was able to just strike a chord there, and uh, have gone on from then. 
and I've never regretted that decision. Coach, I'm going to make you work a little harder than you probably wanted to, particularly coming off cataract surgery. 400 wins. Can you name your top two or three? Oh, yeah, you are making me work now. Obviously, beating the best is uh, is something that stands out. We played the University of North Carolina with that, that guy. I can't remember the coach's name there, um, but he, he's, he's done a decent job down the years. And we played them uh, 1987, I think it was, at the VCU tournament. They pummeled us up and down the field, and we snuck a goal with four and a half minutes to go, and we beat them 1-0. They had Yael Averbush playing. They had uh, Tobin Heath, Megan Klingenberg, Ali Long. So, you know, they had some decent players on the field, but Claire Zimmick struck with about five minutes to go, and we won 1-0. And Anson was very, very gracious, um, which is one of the reasons that I'm, I'm a big fan of Anson. And um, he was very gracious after the game. I think that was one. And um, maybe oh, and beating uh, Penn State with Erica Walsh, uh, one of my former players, and we went up there about six years ago, and we uh, we tanned their hides two one. Again, they had most of the game, but we 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 stole the game away from them. So those would be two pretty big ones for me. You must be very proud. You mentioned Erica Walsh, now Erica Dombach, and then you think about Jill Ellis. Talk about, uh, did you know she was going to be a great coach, let alone be the coach of the reigning World Cup champion U.S. women's national team? No, I didn't, although Jill was a superb player. She was one of the... Uh, trickiest players she used the sole of her foot to pull the ball back from people and and she glided along the field she had this long loping stride um i didn't really see that she was going to be a big time coach but of course her dad coached and her brother coached and still does uh, so i really should have been a little bit um better at looking into the future there, but still I'm very, very proud of her. She's a, a wonderful human being and uh, obviously a world champ, and we're extremely proud of her. Finally, Coach, as you look at the where women's college soccer stands today, particularly when you see so many international rosters, not just the U.S., but Canada and Mexico and other schools, other other countries actually, with college soccer players. How does it make you feel and give your kind of state of the address on women's college soccer? Well, we've uh, always been a, a supplier to the top level. When you think back to 1991 and the first World Cup with Michelle Akers and um, April Heinrichs and Christine Lilly or Mia Hamm, Shannon Sarovsky, all the, well, as she was Higgins in those days. But they were all collegiate players. And when we look at the current group, apart from Lindsay Horan, they're, they're all, again, collegiate players. And we've got to be very proud as college coaches of the part we have played, and especially to those pioneer coaches back in the day when it, it wasn't so cool. People like Anson, obviously, Phil since Jim Rudy. Uh, I mean, Jim was another great uh, advocate for the game, and uh, Meredith Glenn, Sue Ryan, just some wonderful people, Jerry Smith. I mean, the list goes on of people who have contributed to the growth of the game and who I think the younger generation of coaches need to always be aware of the sacrifices that, that 
these older, let's say, uh, not older, but more experienced coaches, shall we put it that way, have given to the collegiate game. John Daly, congrats on 400. Sounds like, you know, 500 is not out of the picture for sure, John, and I'll be pulling for you, no doubt. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks very much, Dean, and thanks for all you and the NSCAA does for the game of soccer. Well, it's certainly easy to do with people like John Daly. And you heard John Daly talk about Jill Ellis. She played for John Daly, was part of those 400 victories. And, of course, I've got to say it again. We're talking about the head coach of the U.S. Women's National Team, your reigning World Cup champion, U.S. Women's National Team, made such a big impact on the college scene as well. So many great years at UCLA. And, Jill, we just called John Daly, wished him congratulations, and he could not talk enough about you. So we wanted you to also wish him some congratulations. <laughs> How about that, Coach? Oh, no problem. Um, yeah, I mean, he's fantastic. And I just, 400 is a remarkable number. But, um, you know, he's just been he's just been such a mainstay in our sport and such a great guy as well. So I'm just, you know, so pleased. And that's, the fact that he's done it at one institution is remarkable. So congrats, J.D., and let's have a few more, huh? Well, he loved you as a player, and he also loved that you came back to William & Mary to be a part of the commencement program as well. What did that mean to you? Well, when they asked me, I actually I had to pinch myself. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it's such a tremendous honor. And, um, you know, I was a student there, and I hadn't had a whole lot of time to get back. So it was such a, an amazing weekend to be there with my family and, um yeah, it was it was truly remarkable. I mean, it, it just you know, just your alma mater and just the the reception. It was it was fantastic. Well, I heard your speech. It was awesome. You think about those 400 wins and and college soccer, the women's game. College soccer really has played a key role in the women's game, hasn't it, Coach? Most definitely. I mean, I think all of our uh, you know, other than one player, I think all of our current players, um, you know, had had fantastic careers in college, and it's. You know, I think that the college game, we're obviously now getting to the point where we have a professional league and, you know, and that might put a wrinkle in things in terms of players' choices and decisions. But, but overall, the, the college game, you know, has been a platform that has allowed players to, to continue playing, you know, once they get out of high school. And, um, you know, what I love about our college game is it's very competitive. And that's, uh, you know, that's something that I think is there's so much parity that's important for our players to, to have to find ways to win and, and, and play against different teams. She played under John Daly. John Daly now with 400 wins. And finally, Coach, you get the feeling that he might go for 500. What do you think? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Uh, well, that, you know, that, I mean, again, it's it's amazing. But I know they're having a, a good season. We're off to a good start, I think. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, J- JD's just an icon in our sport now. And, uh you know, he's been resilient and it's, you know, we all know, I tell young coaches, if they're going to go into coaching, just know it's a roller coaster, put your seatbelt on, enjoy the ride. And I think he's most definitely done that. Thanks so much for giving a shout out to John Daly and for all you do and good luck with the U.S. Women's National Team. You are outstanding, Coach Ellis. Thanks for being with us. Oh, Dean, my pleasure. Take care. When you join the National Soccer Coaches Association of America, you join a community who live and breathe the beautiful game just like you do. You join a network of individuals who share many of the same issues, concerns, and questions as you. The NSCAA is dedicated to serving coaches at every level of the game in a number of ways through advocacy, education, and service. Be a part of the coaching community. Learn more and join at NSCAA.com. Pleased now to be joined by Damon Rensing, the head coach for the Michigan State Spartans in his eighth season at head coach, but that hardly tells the story. 
10 years as an assistant coach at Michigan State. Is that right, Damon? That's correct. Four years as a player. You've been wearing the green and white, I mean, half as long as you've been alive. Is that right? Exactly. Actually, a little bit more. So 22 years. It's certainly a great place to coach. You replaced the legendary Joe Baum. But just talk about what Michigan State has meant to you. Well, it's like you said, it's been a major part of my life. Um, you know, growing up in St. Louis, Missouri, had a chance to play at a Big Ten school. And when I got to the campus here, I uh, just fell in love with it. Really loved the fa- family atmosphere that Joe provided. Really loved the competition that the Big Ten conference provided. I mean, going on the road and you know, play at wonderful universities across the, the Midwest and country were great. And uh, had a chance to come back and coach. And, um, you know, it's a place where I raise my family, and I'm very grateful to Mark Hollis, our AD, and, and Shelly Applebaum, who's my boss, to give me the opportunity to coach at Michigan State, and uh, I've been very, very fortunate to raise my family here. Damon, I take a lot of pride in trying to remember those who, you know, paved the path, and uh, certainly thinking about Joe Baum and what he has met for Michigan State in college soccer. Just talk about what it was like to play under him and then coach under him. Well, Joe, you know, started off playing at Michigan State and was a part of two co-national championship teams. He was the goalkeeper in 67 and 68 and and then was a coach for head coach for 32 years there. So, um, you know, to play for him was great. He was certainly a player's coach. He certainly got us to play together and and was a great motivator and I don't know if I appreciate sometimes when I was a player as, as much of how good of a coach he was until I started to be his assistant and you know, I used to be a really big X's and O's guy in soccer, and X's and O's are great, and you certainly need to learn those and have those down. But what I really learned from Joe was just how he motivated teams, how he got them to buy in, and, and I don't think you can learn that from everybody, and he was special at that. I'll never forget the way he went out, 2008, winning the double, winning the Big Ten tournament in Madison, Wisconsin. You're the coach in waiting. I mean, how great was that, Coach? It was it was special, and it's one of those things where I don't know if Joe, again, once again, got enough reward for how good of a coach he was. Everybody loved him as a person, and uh, to see him finally get some national recognition and, and to see him go out the way he did was, was awesome, and it was well-deserved. Then he joins you as an assistant coach. There's not too many coaches in the country that would do that, but take us down memory lane and what that was like. Yeah, you know, I was a little apprehensive myself, but if anybody knows Joe, he really has no ego about him. And, um, you know, he was great. He was very supportive of me. Um, and, you know, I wanted to make a few switches. We went to kind of zonal defense and, and changed a few things up. But um, And he was always supportive. He never really got in my way. Um, he always had my back. And so he was great. He was great to have there for two years and was always a, a, a physical symbol of, what that program stood for, and I never wanted to lose sight of that as well. So I put my own twists and modernized things a little bit, but we certainly want to keep the the culture and things that Joe provided as well. So Damon Rensing, it's interesting to me that you say Joe Baum probably didn't get enough credit. I kind of feel the same way about you. Here you have the Spartans program now in your eighth year, more than once knocking on the door, making it to the Elite Eight. I mean, you are right there. The Spartan team is for real, and for my money, probably doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, that's not really for me to decide, but I certainly we're certainly proud of how we've done things here and the success that we've had in the NCAA tournament with two Elite Eights and uh, Sweet Sixteens and, and those kinds of things, and we've won the Big Ten tournament, and so... So we're we're very proud of things here, but we just go by our own our own system and guide, and we don't 
you know, we don't worry about what other people think. We just want to do things the right way. We want to try to play a very good brand of soccer, and we want to we want to try to win championships. So that's our next goal is to try to get get this program to a Final Four. Okay, right now you're just outside of the top 25 for the NSCAA, looking at some teams that you'll be facing down the road. So I wanted your help as well, talking about some of those teams. Notre Dame, number one right now in the NSCAA rankings. What do you see out of Bobby Clark's team? Bobby Clark's teams are always so well organized, and they play a very good brand. They know how to play the game, and, and the, again, they just he does it the same way every year, and so his players are always so ready to go right from the start. I mean, they are scoring goals, though, like crazy. I scored four goals on Virginia Tech, five on Cal. Brandon Aubrey, their center back, is a is a big-time player, along with the forward, John Gallagher. And then you just uh, mold in another 12, 14 really quality players all over the pitch. So Bobby's got his team right where I think they want it, and he'll be uh, somebody to be reckoned with certainly throughout the season. With that, there's always a strong debate between the best conference, the ACC, the Big Ten, the Pac-12 is getting better. But staying with the ACC, you just talked about Notre Dame. You played Syracuse in the preseason, and here they are again, a top-five team. They're very good. Ian has done a great job there at Syracuse. Obviously, Final Four last year. I think they're 5-0 and now. The Chris Nanko kid up top's a handful. they got a couple other players uh, that are very good. The ACC and Big Ten are uh, really, really competitive conferences to the point where you just – no score surprises you. You know, if, if if Notre Dame or or Syracuse would would fall uh, to somebody in that conference, I wouldn't even blink an eye, just as I would with any of the teams in the Big Ten. And how about the crowds, including on Sunday? You'll face Michigan. That should be a big crowd. It always is. Michigan, Michigan State. I love that game, Coach. That's a fun one for sure. You got the Big Bear Trophy, which is a is a cool traveling trophy that Steve Burns, the first coach at at Michigan, University of Michigan um, uh, brought to the, to the table. So him and Joe, that game was first played in 2000 when Michigan went varsity. So it's really a fun game. you got a lot of players from the state of Michigan playing in the game. Uh, last Two years ago when we hosted, there was well over 3,000 people. So it'll be a huge crowd and a fun day, and it's live on the Big Ten Network, so the whole country will be able to see it. I can't wait. I'll be watching as well as I'm doing a women's game that day right after you guys on the Big Ten Network. Looking forward to it, Damon. And finally, you don't just sit silently, though. You're also involved with the NCAA and the NSCAA. Talk about uh, your involvement in college soccer on the larger landscape. Right now I'm serving my third year as um, a third year of four uh, on the NCAA selection committee. So that takes a little extra work, but it's fun. We've got a very good group of administrators and coaches where we not only just try to, to pick the best 48 teams that are available for the NCAA tournament, but continue to look at our college cup and national championships and other things that go on through college soccer to see what we can do to, to constantly try to improve and make things better. Last week, Sasso Swarovski took the floor and said, we are going to get this done. We're going to go to a full academic year. Where do you stand on that issue? I think it's very positive. I'd love to see it happen. I think it, it it goes along with a lot of the balance and the things that the student-athletes are asking for and looking for. And um, and so, you know, is there any perfect system? Probably not, but I do think that that is one that looks to be the best possible one out there. And so I would love to see it. I'd love to see us showcase our, our Final Four and National Championship in warm weather and really try to provide our student-athletes with the best possible experience in those in their most important games. Damon Rensing, the fine head coach of the Michigan State Spartans, thanks for being a part of the NSCAA College Soccer Podcast. Dean, thanks for having me. Damon Rensing, one of the all-time good guys in college soccer. We come back, we'll visit with Rob Keel, the director of college programs for the NSCAA. Stay with us.
The 2017 NSCAA convention will be unlike any before. Taking over the downtown Los Angeles Convention Center January 11th through 15th. Network with over 11,000 peers at one of the education sessions, the extensive exhibit hall, or one of many social functions, including the college coaches reception and the All-American Luncheon. With more space and unique experiences, you won't want to miss out on the largest gathering of soccer coaches and administrators in the world. Register today at nscaa.com. Please be joined now by Rob Kehoe, the Director of College Programs for the NSCAA. And Rob, the college soccer season continues to heat up, and last week was another exciting week. What were some of the highlights through your lenses? Well, it's been very exciting opening of the season. This last week, conference competition began on the men's side in the Big Ten and the ACC, so some very good games there. The SEC started conference play on the women's side, so that's a forecast of things to come now that the conferences are opening. Probably the biggest stories, perhaps in college soccer last week, were UCLA hosting Akron, who is ranked number one in the nation, and thumping them 6-1 to one at home. They scored three goals in 32 seconds. On the women's side, Florida State went to Mobile, Alabama to play South Alabama, and outshot South Alabama 28-5, to but lost 0-1. And then just yesterday, in front of 1,800 at Georgetown, Georgetown beat undefeated University of Virginia 3-2. to uh, Virginia was up 2-0 in the first nine minutes, and by the 37th minute of the first half, Georgetown was ahead 3-2, and that ends up being the score of the game. So, pretty exciting week. Well said. And when we talked at the end of last week, you were in Houston meeting with the LOC for the 2016 Men's College Cup. Tell me a little bit about that trip, Rob. The National Soccer Coaches of Association of America supports all of the collegiate championships, and this year will be no different. Um, and one of the things that we do for our college services program members is provide complimentary tickets to all the divisions, uh, their national championship games, and this year, for instance, for the Division Two, the men and women will be playing the first weekend in December in Swope Park, Kansas City, Missouri. Then the NAIA uh, men will be playing in Delray Beach, Florida, and the NAIA women, they play in Orange Beach, Alabama. And then Houston. Houston, this will be a first for Houston uh, at the BBVA Compass Stadium in Houston, Texas. And I went down uh, last week to visit with the LOC, as you mentioned, and this is something that, again, the NSCA is really trying to help boost the attendance uh, at this and promote the event, and it was really an exciting time. I'd never been to downtown Houston, and to be down there staying in the hotel and within walking distance of the stadium and looking around, there's also the Minute Maid Park and Toyota uh, Arena for basketball all right in walking distance there with the hotels and restaurants and pubs. And I think it's going to be a very, very exciting opportunity for soccer fans, college soccer coaches uh, to come to Houston to have this downtown event. Uh, And the Houston people are very, very excited to host this. That's important because if you listen last week, you heard Sasha talk about that full academic year with one of the worries being as you get to a championship, the crowds aren't exactly there. The weather's not great. It should be a little different at least this time of the year in Houston. 
certainly would be hopeful of that. And being with the local people there last week, uh, they would certainly anticipate that. But the energy in the in the we had a meeting Thursday evening that was largely focused on the youth club and high school uh, leadership in the Houston and Southern Texas area. And they're very, very excited about being a partner in the promotion of the event to get the word out to their clubs and to their schools. Uh, And then on uh, Friday, uh, Oliver Luck was in from the NCAA. He did some uh, interviews with the local media and then the Dynamo and Dash were represented at the meeting, uh, the MLS and NWSL franchise, and they are very excited to, to try to partner University of Houston and Houston Baptist Universities, who are host schools. Hispanic Chamber of Commerce was represented, youth soccer, high school soccer again, and then even a college soccer alumni uh, group was at both meetings, and they are very excited because they have numbers of alumni, college soccer alumni in the air, and they just want to get uh, the college game promoted and really get people downtown for this event. Finally, Rob, John Daly picked up win number 400 last week. Couldn't happen to a more wonderful person, and just the history that John has at William & Mary and the goodwill that he has brought to college soccer over the decades uh, this is certainly a wonderful reward for his efforts and best wishes him for many more as the journey continues. Rob, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. Okay, Dean. Have a great week. The NSCAA is 75 years strong and continues to provide quality service and benefits to soccer coaches. Whether you're a youth, high school, college, or professional coach, the NSCAA works to be a voice for you. Speaking of voice, once again, here's Dean Linky. Time now to talk junior college soccer, and today we'll stick on the men's side as we're pleased to be joined by Jordan Carver, who enters his eighth year as the head coach for the Iowa Western Community College Reaver men's soccer program, your 2013 national champion and NSCAA coach of the year that year as well. And right now in the NSCAA junior college Division one rankings. He's got the Reavers at number two in the country, six and zero oh, to start the season. Coach, that's a pretty good start. Yeah, we're we're extremely excited. You know, I think the guys have uh, done a good job staying focused. All right, you won that championship in 2013, a third place finish in 2014, fifth place a year ago. So you're always in the running, coach. You know, that's where we hope to be. Uh, obviously, we had a little more luck in 13, but you know, we hope to get back to that same you know status here soon. Now, you started your playing career at William Penn University, but then transferred to Iowa Western. So the place is obviously dear to your heart. Why is that, coach? You know, they gave me uh, an opportunity. I went on a church mission uh, after William Penn, and they gave me the opportunity to play. Uh, Then after, you know, obviously I played, they gave me the opportunity to coach. So uh, I've been really much uh, a part of this program ever since, you know, the inception of it. Well, tell us why there is such a great place for junior college men's soccer. You know, I think across the board, our athletics uh, are, are fantastic. They give us the right resources to be successful. It's a great uh, city as well, Council Bluffs. It's located right next to Omaha as well. So we have two great uh, Division I soccer schools there. So I think the soccer community is, is good. It's thriving, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, I guess, lucky to be in this uh, environment. 
Now, to win that national championship back in 2013, not only were you the coach of the year, but you had the NSCAA player of the year in Greg Timmer. That certainly helps, right, Coach? It, it does. You know, I mean, we were fortunate to get him out of uh, high school, and, and Greg was, was a stud. I mean, he, he could have played at any school, um, but fortunately uh, things worked out for us. Over the years, we've seen some great players play junior college and then move on to, to Division One programs, and some of them even making an impact in Major League Soccer when you think about Roger Espinoza and Justin Merrim, just to name a few. Has that happened with any of your players? Unfortunately, not yet. We, we were hoping with Greg uh, you know, to go. Uh, he had a, a tryout after his, his last year at Western Michigan, um, but things haven't worked out quite yet. Um, we're hoping still there's a chance for him. Uh, but we, we are hoping that in this class that we have right now and, and some of the guys that have moved on uh, since 2013 get the opportunity. I think there's, there's a few guys that have the potential, but, you know, it's a, it is a timing thing as well. Jordan, you have your advanced national diploma. You're also the NSCAA JUCO All-American National Chair and a committee member for the NJCAA Division I National Polls. So with that, you've had a long tie-in now with the NSCAA, and you're playing an active role. Yeah, it's a, you know the NSCAA has been a fantastic, uh, I guess, resource for us to you know collaborate with other coaches as well as to you know give players the opportunity to be recognized and and the teams and the schools to be recognized. So we, we appreciate what the NSCA does for us as, as, you know, as a school and as well as educating us you know, in the co- coaching world. Uh, I feel like what they provide us, the convention and all the other opportunities to get diplomas is, is superb. Yeah, I feel like I see you every year at the convention. Is that an important part of your education and, and what you're doing to grow as a coach? Absolutely. We, we, every year we're budgeting for it. We do camps, uh, summer camps, so that we can have the money for it. Um, it, it is absolutely the event that we, we look forward to. It's a great place to network. And, you know, being a two-year school, it's important for us to know who the Division I, uh, you know, coaches are, to know the Division II, Division Three coaches at the NCAA level, as well as, you know, to get connected somehow to, you know, Major League Soccer and, and the other professional organizations. So for us, I think it's, it's a, a must, uh, you know, experience. Okay, number two in the country. Who are the four or five teams that you think will be there at the end in junior college men's? You know, it'd be silly for me to, to say Tyler won't be there for sure. You know, they, they will be there for sure. I, I would be surprised if they, if they don't make it. Um, San Jack is going to put up a big fight, so I, they have a, a tough competition. But I believe this year they can get both them in. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'd be surprised if both of them did not make it, San Jack and Tyler. Um, you know, the other is Pima. Uh, they're looking strong. I mean, two years in a row have just been, uh, been great. You know, Yavapai has a, a big problem on their hands, so I think Pima is the other one. Um, and, you know, I think Eastern Florida. Uh, Eastern Florida State is, is the other school that uh, I'd be surprised that does not make it. All right, you'll win another national championship this year at Iowa Western if your team does what, Coach? I think we have we have depth this year. Uh, I think if our team can build that chemistry uh, and really rally around the idea that you know we're playing for each other, uh, I, I think we can get there. All right, Jordan Carver, who is also supported by his wife, Cole, and sons Colo and Zoli. How good are they, by the way? Are they going to be good? 
you know, they're, they're learning. And they're learning from their mom more than me, so I need to spend more time teaching them. <laughs> All right, Coach, always a pleasure. Enjoyed having you on the TV program when that was around and now being a part of the podcast. We will be tracking you all season long, okay? Fantastic, Dean. I appreciate you giving us uh, an opportunity to, to share you know, what's going on at the junior college level, and, and we you know, look forward to listening to it. Every single time I run into Jordan Carver at the convention, he's got a big smile on his face. We are indeed pulling for him. We come back, we'll wrap up with some news from the NAIA. It's the NSCAA College Soccer Podcast. By being a member of the NSCAA, you are a part of the world's largest network of soccer coaches. Here, you can find like-minded people passionate about bettering themselves to help better their players and ultimately to better the game. Time now to talk a little NAIA soccer, and we do that with Chad Waller, the Director of Communications and Sports Information for the NAIA. And Chad, as we learned last week, so many NAIA institutions with men's and women's soccer programs. This is an exciting time for soccer in the NAIA. You're absolutely right, Dean, and uh, appreciate you know your show and getting the NAIA on the on the map with NSCA and uh, just exciting time, like you said. We have. Just about 200 soccer programs for men's and women's in the NAIA. The large majority of our NAIA schools sponsor the sport, and we're pretty much through the first month, uh, surprisingly or not. A lot of NAIA schools do start a little bit earlier than NCAA programs, typically the third weekend in August. Uh, NAIA soccer is getting going. So, uh, yeah, lots of great action going on in the NAIA. And building toward the championships, where are the championships this year, and what can you tell us about those venues? So the women's uh, is, again, in Orange Beach, Alabama, and that's a really great location not only for uh, the student-athletes and the coaches and teams, but a great location for moms and dads and fans that come down right there by the beach and Gulf Shores and Orange Beach. But a side note with uh, the host there in Orange Beach, we just announced a five-year extension to have Orange Beach as our women's soccer championship home, so we'll be playing through 2020, which is a big deal. We don't typically sign extensions outside of two or three years, but uh, Orange Beach has been a tremendous host for women's soccer. And the men's side, we're going back to Delray Beach, Florida for the third year. And uh, our host, uh, our co-host, Kaiser University and NAI School there, located just outside Delray Beach. So another great location for NAI soccer, great facilities, great support staff there for men's soccer, and uh, really looking forward to it. You guys do such a great job tracking the success of programs, winning streaks, the success of coaches. I think you do that because of such a great history for NAI soccer men and women. Yeah, you know, we've had uh, over the years, um, we've, we've had over 50 years of NAI men's soccer and uh, um, I believe just over 30 years of women's soccer. But, you know, we've had, we've had a lot of great programs and strong traditions that are still going. Um, you know, Lindsey Wilson, both on the men's and women's side, um, longtime head coaches there, uh, multiple championships for that those two programs, uh, Rio Grande men's, uh, Spring Arbor women's, um, just a lot of great action and, uh, like you mentioned, tradition success points for NAI soccer across the board. Finally, Chad, if people want to learn more about NAIA soccer or just NAIA in general, where do they go? Well, our main home page, a lot of information there is NAI.org, and uh, there'll be some click-throughs there with support drop-down menu, and then we have a championship-specific page for our championships. Uh, we're obviously on social media and Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. NAI soccer is the hashtag, but uh, 
Really, each week we've got a couple kind of big news points coming out of the NEI offices with our coaches' polls come out on traditionally on Tuesdays each week. We'll get those coaches' polls going the NEI scene uh, the week of September 26th. And then we have National Players of the Week program that typically come out later on Tuesdays. So all that's pushed out on social and on the website. And uh, great, exciting time for NAI soccer. Indeed, exciting times for college soccer at all levels, men and women. Thanks to Chad Waller and all of our guests, including John Daly, the head coach of the William & Mary women's soccer team. He gets win number 400. And how about one of his favorite players, Jill Ellis, drops by the head coach of the U.S. Women's National Team, your reigning World Cup champions, Damon Rensing, the head coach of the Michigan State Spartan men's soccer team, has his team approaching the NSCAA Top 25. Rob Kehoe, the director of college programs for the NSCAA, and also Jordan Carver, the head coach of the Iowa Western Community College men's soccer team, number two in the country. Great show today. Even better next week. Join us every week right here as part of the NSCAA College Soccer Podcast. When you join the National Soccer Coaches Association of America, you join a community who live and breathe the beautiful game just like you do. You join a network of individuals who share many of the same issues, concerns, and questions as you. The NSCAA is dedicated to serving coaches at every level of the game in a number of ways through advocacy, education, and service. Be a part of the coaching community. Learn more and join at NSCAA.com.